stupid. So you said you're rolling up Leafly's 2022 strain of the year. Is that what you said? Well, yeah, I had so they I guess they picked jealousy was their strain of the year. Um and I had some in the house, so I just grabbed that to smoke in honor of the uh countdown of top news stories of Illinois cannabis of twenty twenty two. Hell yeah, you heard it, folks. Uh, we're heading into 2023, and so Philip came up with a brilliant idea. Why don't we recap uh, our favorite stories from 2022? So that's what this is going to be. Um, and we'll we'll dive pretty deep on these stories, I, I have a feeling. Uh, but if you're looking for a deeper dive just into history, the history of cannabis itself, I'd love to plug episode number 232 of our podcast. It, it uh, features Philip and myself. And it is part one of the history of cannabis in Illinois. We start in the year of 1979 and we go all the way up to the first day of adult use sales, which is, of course, which was, of course, January 1st, 2020. Am I correct on that one? I think that Mm -hmm. was the first day. Yeah. So we go all the way up to there and uh, stay tuned. We'll be picking up where we left off. But today, since we're going into 2023, we thought, like you said, It'd be good to uh, talk about our top stories. So I'll let you kick it off, man. What's uh, what's your top story for 2022? And I know we didn't put our list in any particular order, but if you had to pick one. Yeah, mine are just by date. Um, this is the first one from February, but it would also be probably my top one. It was uh, Carol Amons introducing a bill to legalize home growth for all. Fuck yeah. Let me pull that up. You just sent me that. Um, Yeah, I like if I'm remembering this bill correctly, I liked this bill because it basically was a copy and paste of the language for medical cannabis cultivation, except it just added that adults 21 years of age or older um could grow. So I'm going to share the bill really quickly as, uh, well, I don't know if you mentioned this already, but the bill didn't go anywhere, unfortunately. And, uh, we think it's going to die, uh, which means well, that looks like you can see who jumped on here as co-sponsors like LaShawn Ford was a co-sponsor, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Check that out. Um, so for folks that are listening chief, and chief wanna... co-sponsor Kelly Cassidy. Yeah. Nice. So that's interesting to see them working together. Um, for folks that are listening and want to look this up, it's House Bill 4799 um, from the 102nd General Assembly. We'll put the link in the podcast description. But yeah, I'm sharing uh, my screen right now, and it basically provides that an Illinois resident 21 years of age or older, um, rather than just a person who a, rather than just a person who is a qualifying patient may cultivate cannabis plants with a limit of five plants that are more than five inches tall. That's exact. That's, you know, word for word from the medical law. And then um, one of the things that you and I both liked about this provision is that it said any amount that exceeds 30 grams must be secured within the household. And we love that language because what that language means is that Illinois is what uh, Illinois is what we call a keep what you grow state. In other words, if you're a medical cannabis patient, you do not have a possession limit at home. And if language like this became law for all adults, the the same would apply and I think that 
is one step closer to freedom. Uh, you know, well, there would be, you know, technically they couldn't really get you in trouble in a, well, I mean, I'm sure there's circumstances in which if they found a ton of weed in your house, they could still get you in trouble claiming you were getting it from somewhere you shouldn't have been or selling it to people you shouldn't have been, but it's it's not secured. Right. Well, right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But if it was just, you know, yeah, that at least gets rid of a lot of cases of possession limits violations in like people's homes, I would think, because they couldn't argue, you know, how would they know you didn't grow it? You know, it could have been from a year ago when you lived in a different house and you just took it with you to this new house and you don't have any of your stuff anymore, you know? Right. And that's, I love that you brought that up because that's how I view it. Like you're absolutely right. That that doesn't just mean, (laughs) you know, it it wouldn't just mean that necessarily you could um, just have as much as you want. But if you just let's pretend that it was all home cultivated, that's what I, that that would be my recommendation to anybody. If you're going to have a large quantity of cannabis, Follow the laws with regard to all quantities. Try to make but, it look like you plausibly could have grown it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just plead the Don't fifth. keep it around in like a hundred pre-packs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Next to your scale. Yeah. Uh, you know, be smart about it. And uh, yeah. So that let's hope and let's try to put pressure on our elected representatives to introduce something similar or better. Frankly, you know, I'll take what I can get five you know the limit of five plants is still pretty restrictive but but again i'll take what i can get i wouldn't be surprised if something with like a homegrown moves this year or next just because missouri having it now you know like it's there's just like so little excuse right not to have it if you're like a legal state like missouri has more liberal cultivation laws than we have like they can do six plants is what i mean and I think they have like, it's like six flowering, six in veg and six something else. Right. There's like three different states. They, instead of like the five inch mm-hmm. rule. Um, I like that. Yeah. So it seems like the five plants over five inches is like even conservative compared to Michigan or Missouri at this point. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that is something that I've heard in the past. Uh, advocates propose that that we move forward with a sort of tiered system like that. I think even Michigan does something similar, where you can have you know a certain number in flower, but a certain number, you know, in veg, and and those totals don't, you know, conflict with each other, which is nice. Yeah, I would think it would just be like flowering plants, because if they aren't flowering, I mean, I don't even know how that Illinois law really holds up because if they aren't flowering aren't they like the same as him absolutely and that's what a lot of people have been saying or at least i've heard people say is like look just you know grow as many as you want and veg and claim their hemp and i'm just like i don't know i'd like to see precedent on that you know well i follow your logic because you'd (laughs) i mean do you want to be the one who's going to challenge the law (laughs) right (laughs) if you do get in trouble so Exactly. exactly. If you're up for that, sure. Yeah, if you're up for that, please. <laughs> please do. If you have the the money and the time, Go please. Ahead. We would love to find out. <laughs> yeah, and we'll report on it every step of the way. We'll have your back, <laughs> you know? So, hell yeah. That is a freaking awesome story uh, that unfortunately didn't go anywhere this year, 
but let's hope that it goes somewhere next year, right? Let's hope. So um I can I can go with an article if if you uh Yeah, yeah, let's switch off. Sure. <laughs> I like this this article that I almost feel like it it was a little lazy of me to pick this one, but it's a good one. It's the one I have listed right at the top of my document that I sent you. It's a headline by the Chicago Tribune that says, Boom time for marijuana sales in Illinois. As industry expands with new products, minorities get left behind. And I, I, the reason I feel like this was a lazy pick is because it was the first story of 2022. It was literally published on January 1st, 2022. But I liked it a lot because it so eloquently recapped 2021. And I know the purpose of today was 2022, but this is just, it's great. You know, and and like we said in episode 232, it's important to have this, well, and say this that, history. Say that headline again. Yeah. Uh, boom time for marijuana sales in Illinois as industry expands with new products, but minority businesses get left behind. So they could just like just reprint that story in two days. <laughs> they really could. Just update really... it the tiniest bit. <laughs> yeah. That headline would still stand though. Yep. And I think this was written by Bob McCoppin. So it's written in a style that we really like where it's just flat fact-based, you know, delivery. Um, yeah. Written by Bob McCoppin. So let me read a few excerpts from this article. This is why I loved it so much. So while 2021 was a boom time for legal marijuana sales in Illinois, it was another wasted year for minority entrepreneurs trying to break into the business and a mixed experience for customers. Going to disagree with you on that, uh, Bob McCoppin. Um, I, I think the experience for customers was pretty uniform. I don't think anybody was well, super happy. Well, we would consider it abysmal, but there are plenty of people that are totally you, content with it. You make a great point. I've... <laughs> I've uh, yeah, we, you know, we don't have to name any names necessarily, but I know uh, I'm aware of one individual who yeah, tells at least people to be to just be happy and to to support well, this market. I, I just think, too, that there's a lot of people that don't know the difference. You know, there's a lot of people that are very new to cannabis. Yeah. So and those like are the, the people prices. that I give a break. Those are the people that I give a break. But the people that are knowingly <laughs> pushing this, oh, you got to support the market that I hate that narrative. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, but the, yeah, I give those people room. Thank you for bringing bringing those people up. The people that just well, just it. yeah, it's like you just have to remember. Like there are people that are actually like, oh, I'm happy and going to the shop down the street. You know, like instead of hating on it the whole time because they know there are better alternatives elsewhere. Mm -hmm. It's very true. It's very true. Um, so recreational cannabis sales continued to climb steadily in the year of 2021 to more than 1.2 billion, roughly an 85% increase from 2020 through November of this, of that year alone. Um, the medical cannabis program reached 136,000 active patients who spent another 362 million. Uh, the sales generated more than $300 million in tax revenue in fiscal year 2021, more than from alcohol. I thought that was interesting. Um, here's what I really liked. Um, so after new applicants waited through more than a year of delays for business licenses, judges prevented them from opening dispensaries while litigation dragged on with no solution in sight. The year saw many twists in the cannabis field. 
Sales took off for hemp-derived Delta-8 THC called Weed Light, despite existing uh, in a legal gray area. Yeah, you can basically find Delta-8 anywhere to this day. Huge multi-state companies gobbled up independent dispensaries and expanded dramatically. In one constant, prices of marijuana in Illinois remained among the highest in the nation. Several companies founded and headquartered in Chicago have become the largest operators in the nation, while out-of-state operators have come into Illinois by opening new facilities or buying up competitors. Cresco, Cresco Labs and Cureleaf each have grown to the maximum 10 retail sites. Pharmacan has eight, Ascend Wellness seven, GTI nine, New Era six, Zenleaf 10. Together, that means seven companies control 60 of the 110 weed stores in the state. The number of growers is even more limited. A mere 18 companies are allowed to grow cannabis compared with hundreds that do so in Western states like Oregon or California, where they have the opposite problem of oversupply. By state law, there was supposed to be a slew of new businesses licensed, uh, licensed in 2021 with favoritism toward poor, largely minority areas with high rates of cannabis arrests. But after a series of delays, applicants claimed that consultant KPMG had scored applications uh, unfairly, resulting in wealthy, white, politically connected winners. That's my number one article for 2022. And I know that was basically all about 2021, but it's like, it's quite a way to kick off 2022. You know what I'm saying? Not, not too much has changed as of yet. Things I think are like on the cusp of changing a bit, but. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's actually, I saw there's a, um, that company Starbuds. It was one of the new like craft growers and they have dispensaries. They have a shop that's opening like 15 minutes from me. I just thought it was kind of interesting. I saw they had like a final inspection or something the other day. Yeah. So they should, they should be open pretty soon, but it's just, yeah. Like this side of Chicago, there aren't the same number of dispensaries as like the North side. So like, that's like, that's not really on the South. That's over in like Burbank, I think, but like, you know, it's another option for people over here. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do. It, it definitely will be it, just that number. Seven companies control 60 of the 110 weed stores. That's more than half. Right. I think that's that number is also probably like grown up. Cause like, yeah, yeah. Isn't, it's has, old. Like number. air air wasn't listed in there. Well, and then, you know, you've got. Well, you just mentioned Starbucks, but you've also got you know, those two other dispensaries that are definitely not part of that count, uh, Green Rose and uh, Ivy Hall. Oh, well, yeah, those have, like, I was just talking about even the original 110, like, have been more gobbled up by companies, like, mm. consolidated. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. Probably I think either. since then. Yeah. I think in the last year, there had to have been someone bought out. Mm -hmm. I mean, Cresco and Columbia Care was probably within the last year. Right. I think you're correct on that for sure. That was within the last year because we did that for a April 1st joke that, that we got purchased by Cresco. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I think you're right on target. But but to your point, I would bet you that that number's changed because one of the main points that I mentioned was that some people weren't at their maximum. And so I'm sure if you know mm. there were still any independent dispensaries left, for example, um, may have been gobbled up, you know. So well, and I'll I'll throw in next the article I set aside, which was grown ins about Illinois cannabis prices remaining among the highest in the nation. Cause that kind of goes along with the one you just suggested. Yeah. So, so that is me. my next, next top story. Yeah. Get into it. Tell us about it. I'm just looking at it. When recreational sales first went online in January, 2020, the sun times reported an eighth in Illinois at retail could cost as much as $62, making it the most expensive in the nation. While the highest price crown has now been passed to Washington, D.C., prices in Illinois still remain the highest among adult use states, with Illinois prices for an ounce costing as much as $354, behind only Virginia and Maryland among adult use states. Wow. Repla Sean Ford, a leader on state cannabis legislation, puts blame on Illinois' numerous taxes. That's interesting. Ranging from retail to sales tax to a tax on potency. Yeah, while he acknowledges the prices can be a burden to the consumer, he believes the revenue provides an overall net positive to state residents. Which is that's that whole way of thinking is like in line with what Illinois does. Yeah. I like this next <laughs> line from him. This is just the beginning of the quote, but he just says, Everyone wants a piece of the pie. <laughs> <laughs> man i i just the the whole taxes thing i've heard that before and it's like that's why illinois weed is so expensive it's like is it well i don't know what i know the sales tax is not that out of line with like washington that's what i've heard because washington state has a pretty high tax but their prices are so low that it ends up being like less of a burden and like less, you know, it adds on less to the overall, you're just spending less. Yeah. I got to find the article. It'll be in our, you know, the second part of our history on Illinois cannabis. But I believe that at the time, Illinois was one of the first states to incorporate THC percentage into taxation. Oh, look, Cole, you're, you're quoted in here. Cole Preston, host of Chillinois Podcast, believes more growers and licensees may help bring down the cost burden on consumers. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> it is both those things, though. Because, like, doesn't Illinois have, like, a wholesale tax? Uh, yes. Like, a, like a, when you sell from the retailer or from the wholesaler to the retailer, there's, like, a 7% tax or something like that. So that sales tax you're paying. And then there's all the fees, you know, like the yearly tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars that they make these people pay is just a one-time tax. You know, that might as well just be a percentage on their earnings. So. Are you are you saying that like maybe that also contributes to the high prices? Well, that, yeah, that like the tax burden can be more than just the like tax you're paying as a consumer at the Fair. like say in the sales tax mm -hmm. 
Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't even know that I was, uh, that I was quoted. I think that I was right on target though. I was on the right track. <laughs> um, we need more growers. <laughs> we like, I don't know. It, it seems really simple to me. I know that that, that part definitely plays into it, but as far as like, I mean, supply and demand goes, it's always made, it's always made sense to me why the prices are so high. Like, you remember I just told you today that I started my Instagram page. If folks go to follow us on Instagram and scroll all the way back to our first posts, you'll see that I was doing I was trying to do product reviews at the time because that's what I thought I wanted to do. I was a medical patient at the time and the prices were so goddamn high. Um but I was like am I high right now? What the fuck is going? I mean, I was. But I was like am I, you know, what is what is going on here? And then I started just looking at, well, how many brands are there? And I just started to think about the spirit of competition and it all started to make sense. I'm like, look, there are two shops near me and their attitudes are, where are you going to go? You want legal cannabis? We're the two places in town. Yeah. And um, I don't know how prices are like where you are or even more downstate, like in Chicago. I mean, I know they've gotten better. Like there are deals that people get. There are prices right. people get that are not terrible, um, but it's still too much. <laughs> it's still too much. And what I've heard and this, you know, you can chalk this up to anecdotal conjecture for sure. I like to try to preface, you know, that, but I've heard that most of the deal, cause I've started to see more deals too. I like to check the dispensary menu every once in a while, just for the fuck of it. I don't go there mm -hmm. anymore, but just to see what the market's behaving like. And, and there are more deals downstate, more deals than I've seen since adult use launched because before adult use was the thing. I, I used to be a medical patient. That's how I met Justine. I would go in there from, you know, time to time. And by time to time, I meant like every other day and uh just get you know get something new try something new and um guess what they would do sometimes they'd hand you a couple free joints there would be giveaways you know like yeah uh like i told you in another episode there used to they used to take the time to have product samples that you could smell and see before you purchase the product you know they took the time to do these things in the past and um yeah these shops are well these shops are so busy you know right like they and just I have a it. constant they have a lot of traffic just in and out mm -hmm. certainly busier than like most places that i'll stop at over in michigan you know where you might be one of two cars in the parking lot yeah and you can feel it when you get in line like when you interface with a bud tender like there was an instance in the past few months where i was like going to an event and I wanted to be super duper high there, but I didn't want to smell like weed. So I was like, ah, go into the, I didn't have any cartridges that I felt were going to last through the entire wedding. I had one that was low from Michigan. And I was like, well, go into Illinois, an Illinois dispensary. And it was just a matter of convenience. I knew I could go there, get a cart, you know, pay a mm -hmm. convenience price basically and get, get that product. But I guess what I'm saying is you could really feel it at the, when you get up to a terminal, I've been shopping in Michigan so long. I, I, it's been a while where I felt rushed and it's not like I was even asking any questions. Like I went in there knowing what I wanted. I know some people go in there and they're like, what will make me feel like this today? And you know, it becomes a whole fucking conversation. Like I wasn't even, but you could just tell the bud tender was like, let's get you in and out of here, motherfucker. Like we got a line, you know, I will say the last time I was at, uh, a shop in the state it was probably a little over 
maybe like a year ago, but I went in for, I needed like to, I needed to be sure I had some edibles that were five milligrams. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the place was super busy. It was like a cure leaf location. I think if I remember right. Um, and I will say like, as a medical patient, they were like, I showed my card and they were like, Hey, right. Like I was Mm -hmm. like in that and out of that place in like five minutes. So they certainly do. They certainly do still give priority to that's for fucking sure i've gone in there and that's kind of what i was trying to tell you is that like the reason i was getting snappy like i because i cut in front of a line of like 45 fucking people because i have my medical card they're all looking like who's this guy and i'm like sorry i paid the state well i've heard some i've heard some people have trouble with that at certain spots you know and i don't know if that's just their misunderstanding no i've heard it too and i just heard it or I just heard it today. And, you know, we're kind of going back and forth. Of, I don't mean to get on a tangent, but this whole curbside thing. And somebody literally just said today that there's a store operating where it has like five adult use lines open, but only one medical. And it's like, so, so, you know, there was like a line at the medical computer. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. right, right. Gets, so, so yeah, I mean, to your point, I've heard of, heard of those things too and for for all intents and purposes i believe that is a violation of the law i I mean i don't know exactly but what i do know is that you can report that um i don't have the complaint report form off the top of my head but here's a funny way you can find it call the chillinois hotline you can call the (laughs) chillinois hotline um i'll say that number here in a second because i haven't plugged it on a show yet or you can go to iltrees.com that'll take you to illinois trees uh on reddit and in the about section that I put a link in there for reporting dispensaries. So if you come across that, if you're listening right now and you you feel like you're not getting the priority that you should, submit a complaint and have them look into it. Be prepared to provide timestamps because they record everything. They know when you were there, but help them out a little bit. You know, like you got to narrow it down so they can look into it and investigate it and see if somebody violated violated um you know that uh language where you're supposed to give priority i don't know um how we got off on on this oh it's your next story well before i get to my next story i wanted to say something just really quick uh you know that i think is like relevant to what we're talking about i've noticed that the vibe in chicago dispensaries is completely different and at least the ones that i've been to uh than the ones i've been to in Southern Illinois. You remember on our last show with Marianne Longcar, uh, the history of cannabis 1.5, I was telling you that mm-hmm. um, we have bulletproof glasses down here. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned that you've just kind of been let in before. And I was thinking about my experiences and I was like, yeah, the Chicago pot shops I've been to have, have more of a dispensary feel than the ones that I've been to downstate. And by that, I mean, they're playing music there's like a couch, you know what I mean? Like it feels mm-hmm. kind of like a dispensary. The ones in uh, Champaign that I've primarily been to, and I've been to one in Effingham as well, just a very pharmaceutical feel, Um, mm. you know, like the windows are fogged, which I believe is a statewide regulation, oh, yeah. but yeah. like it just literally feels like a, a pharmacy, you know, when you go there. I mean, Cresco feels a little bit more like a corporate weed shop, of course, but new med for example and maybe that's their goal they or i guess their new era now but they used to be new med so maybe their goal was to feel like a pharmacy i don't know but i just wanted to say that to your point from last time that it does feel like uh the vibes a little 
Well, and I think that's how these new shops are going to try to like differentiate themselves. You know, they're going to try to make a more friendly, I mean, cause that's the only way to really like differentiate yourself is your customer service at this point, customer service or your price. Yeah. Cause you're kind of all moving the same stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Ivy hall, they call themselves, this is a new, <laughs> they're trying now exactly what you're saying. They're doing the sensory dispensary thing. Did you see that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I loved that uh, JB was smelling the terpenes. I really want to like, somebody can steal this idea if they want to. I want, since he's in a dispensary, like you could easily mess with the footage to make it seem like he just hit something. Like she handed it to him and he hit it. Cause he like smells it. And then he's like, <laughs> just like coughing, like, you know, so free game out there if you guys want to make a meme there you go yeah i think he takes to drink a water right after it too he does somebody hands him a water so it's like perfect you, and he's in a dispensary perfect so folks <laughs> steal the idea um okay so my story sorry i wanted to say that really quick because i felt like it mm -hmm. was uh relevant so i liked this story um positive drug tests will no longer stop expungements in a new law and and I'm going to pull up a text I actually got from Evan Bruno when this, he's the one that notified me when this kind of got pushed through. He's like, check this out. But while I pull it, pull that up, what do you, what do you think about that? Isn't it funny that it took like that long for that to be a thing? I mean, it's crazy. It was a requirement. Right. Or like, wasn't a provision they included. If that was like a requirement just to get any kind of thing expunged, you know, mm -hmm. I don't exactly. know what the, how that wound up being that way. It's but also, crazy. I don't know, in Illinois, can you smoke weed if you're on parole or uh, not parole? Probation. Yeah, I guess parole, probation. Yeah. I don't know. They've they've addressed that in other states, but I've never heard of it in Illinois. Haven't, like have probation you or or parole is when you're like charged with a crime and you're let out like on bail, right? I don't know. Whenever, but whenever you're under like court supervision, like... Mm -hmm are you allowed to smoke weed and are you allowed to, if you're a medical patient would be my question. Cause that'd be an right. interesting, cause I know that was like a thing that Michigan went through like a little while ago. Mm -hmm. That's who I was thinking of. I think I was going to tell you that I don't know the answer to your question, but I can tell you that other, I thought other States had done it. So mm -hmm. it's, it, I think it comes, it came through like a court decision over there. It wasn't like something in their legislature. I don't think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would only make fucking sense. But generally, the the reason you're well, even asking you that have much... a, at least if you have a card, because I would understand telling someone you can't smoke weed just like, I mean, courts will tell you you can't drink alcohol. Courts will tell you you can't do all kinds of things. Um, but if you have a med card, it would seem like there's a little more reason not to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But you especially know, if I you're would... especially if you're someone who's like a like opiate alternative program type thing right. or something like that, you know? Right. Um what I was gonna say is it's funny, you know, like while I said like you would think I mean it would make sense, but the whole reason you're asking this question is because nothing fucking makes sense with regard to policy in Canada. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so especially in I mean in this state, yeah, especially. Yeah. So, uh, so Illinois lawmakers, uh, 
passed, you know, a law at the time the article was, you know, they were hoping to expunge more cannabis records by dropping the drug test requirement. And so, uh, Evan Bruno texted me this and he said, uh, he said, I hadn't realized you needed a negative, uh, marijuana test to be eligible for expungement of past charges. How fucking stupid can a rule get? And then that this next text is so perfect. (laughs) I told him I was going to steal this. So Evan, if you're listening right now, and if you haven't listened to our episode with Evan Bruno, check it out. We've done two and he's super cool. Got to do another one in the future. Um, He said he's like acting like he's the state right now. So this is his state of Illinois impression. You can expunge your marijuana case because marijuana is actually not bad, but only if you don't use marijuana, which is bad. (laughs) I just love the, I don't know. But that's that's so much of like our attitude in Illinois. It's like we're legalizing it, but it's not good. So we're going to like really, really regulate the shit out of it. Yeah. And, not and all a, of you can grow it. Thank you. Yeah. I was going to say that was a point you made. Uh, I don't know if it was in the last podcast or I just saw you make it online, but it's it's so bad that only a few people should be able to grow it. You know, we don't want to get crazy here. <laughs> right. They act like- I like to think I like to think like how would the world be different if there was just like a garbage pail of weed on every corner or every street like would the world fall apart <laughs> would there be riots in the street would nobody be able to show up to work because we'd all be high and <laughs> yeah. like it, like what is the fear you know well I don't mean to just like jump right to it, but frankly, I am just becoming more and more confident that this is the fear. The fear is that you're not going to be able to make money selling fucking weed. Well, yeah, a lot of the rules to regulate. Yeah, totally. I mean, literally somebody just you saw it on a good friend of mine the other day was saying, you know, they're they're in the industry in another state and they can't make money there. Because there's the competition is so fierce, they can't make money there. And so they were telling me that they're starting to see the value in the Illinois limitations. And they're really hoping they can get that license because because then they could make some I wonder money, how much, you know, I wonder how much of not making money, though, is the cost put on the industry by government wanting their cut and over regulating the shit out of the industry, too, you know? Because it's like you're putting all these. Well, I mean, that's not like a new idea, but it's like if you had the ability to deduct all your business expenses and stuff and landlords weren't able to charge you three times, they charge other businesses. And, you know, there's like even beyond the taxes that government puts on all the regulations, there's also like the weed tax of just doing bit you know, like people just charge weed businesses more to work because they think you're like flush with so much money. So I, right. I just wonder how much of that is just like a now thing of just everyone wanting to milk this cow. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um just to your point, you know, uh I love bringing up little pieces of context and I'm gonna try to find the story. But um, GTI has happened, has had to give up one of their cannabis licenses in the past in the state of Illinois. Oh, because they didn't want to pay the like 200 grand. Right. They couldn't. And so to your point of, or at least that's, I think what they, I don't know. They said something to that effect that they couldn't, 
Like they would not have been able to afford it. They cited the number of patients at the time, which was only 3000. Um, well, do they have, do they have one or two of those cultivation licenses now? I believe they have two, but they had three. I'm tr- I'm going to try to find this story so I can make yeah. sure to, uh, I mean like, yeah, two is probably more than enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure whatever money they got from selling that third one was like worth it. Yeah. And you know, it's still unclear to me. I like to put these open questions out there so that people understand this is how we approach these things. Like you remember, I told you, I felt like I was pretty clear on adult use canopy space versus medical the other day. Mm-hmm. And like, cause an article laid it out. They said, you know, adult use is limited to 210,000, but if you have a medical cannabis license, you literally have no limit. And I was like, well, fuck, that's fucking crazy. And I mean, literally uh revolution was is, talking about, is that the case? It is the case, but what I found out just like, I, I need to find the language is my point. So grown in, in a report in like 2020, cause that's about where I am in my analysis said you can have no limit for one of your medical licenses so i'm like i don't know i gotta find the language in the law every time i try to what look does that even this, mean right i don't that's the thing i'm like i'm like i finally thought it was clear for if me. you have no limit for one of them what does it matter how many other ones you have uh-huh except yeah. if it's like except if i think one of isn't it that they're location based so you could have one site that could be as large as you would ever want to make it, but the other two sites would have to be limited to whatever the limit is. Interesting. Because I know yeah. that's one of the reasons like some of these licensees haven't scaled up to 200,000 square feet or whatever they can uh, is because they're actually limited on how much space they, they have physically. Interesting. I remember hearing that somewhere. Yeah, I can't find this GTI story. I'll I'll try to find it though. It it happened. Um, it was sometime in like 2015 or 2014. So that's why I'm having, it, or well, not in 2015, like 2016, 2017, the very beginning of the program. Um, so we'll we'll find it before the end of this. But, um, I think it's your turn. We just we talked about uh positive drug tests no longer uh stopping expungement records. I believe that was signed into law. And so now you can expunge your cannabis record while smoking cannabis, <laughs> you know, actively. Well, I, I am going to go with this one about the Cannabis Business Association. Uh, leading Illinois cannabis trade group pushing to block bill to aid social equity licensees. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't need to, I won't read the whole thing, but it was just uh the craft licensees wanted to and still want to because nothing has happened with it increase their allowed the square footage they're allowed to start with from 5,000 square feet to 14,000 square feet um and the cannabis business association you know with members such as pharmacan cresco labs and verano uh opposed that legislation because they said it was just like so those people could sell out or whatever but really the intention was to allow them to attract more investment because it's the state, it's like $8 million or something to build the smallest grow operation. And it's easier to get funding if you can say, Hey, well, we can grow a lot more weed, you know? 
Yeah, you know, and I think Gronin released a later article where they sort of kind of, maybe my memory is wrong, we'll return to this in a future episode, but I believe they tried to deny that they opposed it or or to what extent they opposed it or why, at least maybe they clarified because, you know, people were upset at the time. People pointed it out, just like mm-hmm. you said, boo, you know, so. Um, well, and hey, they've, yeah, they've still, they've opposed it still, you know. Mm-hmm. Like well, they never and, support. They've never supported it. <laughs> and I'm never not gonna pass over this. Please talk about other things they've opposed, which would would have been good for the Illinois state of Illinois. We've kind of talked about a few, but please. Well, home grow for all. No license caps. Because the thing about license caps is, like, you don't have to have a cap at the state level. Like, there will always be a de facto cap, because local communities are going to limit how many shops are going to open you know yeah. it's not like you can just open you have to get a local approval to open yeah so that's so just making the whole process and wasting all the time with the lawsuits for like two three years it's like you could have just skip that you would have had a de facto license cap anyway at least that's right. how i usually view it yeah one of my things and phil Please feel free to call me out on this because I acknowledge that this might be a leap, but hear me out. The was it CBAI or MBAI at the time? Either way, we're talking about the same group, basically. Uh, they actively supported the CRTA. I mean, I don't think that's disputable, uh, but my point in bringing that up is that they didn't support Ammon's bill which prevented political contributions uh, regarding like, like in and around the cannabis industry, which I felt, I mean, I'll just stop there. You can, I mean, people can put together what I'm trying to say. I like that at the bottom of this article, it says an earlier version of this article incorrectly stated that green thumb industries was a member of CBAI. It left the association in May, 2021. <laughs> Because they have their own lobbyists out. I mean, they're not supporting this stuff either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that whole thing with leaving the group was just like a stunt. Mm-hmm. I think, fuck, I mean. I mean, they provided I, like the startup money for that group. That's what I'm saying. You know, some of these companies will say the same thing about the New York Medical Cannabis Industry Association. It's funny how it all ends up being that type of, you know, cannabis industry associations, right? Um, They, you know, wrote a chapter in one of their bills to lawmakers about the fallacy of home grow. And this caused arguably a lot, uh, some other companies to do the same thing. You know, I'd ask them for statements on why are you part of this group? And they're like, well, we're not part of that group anymore. (laughs) And it's like, okay, but you were. Yeah. And you don't, (laughs) it's not like you're like a proponent for like you need you should be a proponent for further decriminalization <laughs> i love that you always add that you're really good if about, you're being yes because if you're making money it just it's a weird situation to be making money off the plant and not be at least talking i mean you should be like supporting it if you if you're making a bunch of money yeah you should be like making political action committees and like trying to support ones that are out there to try to lobby for this stuff but even just saying like, hey, I support everyone's right to grow weed at home as an mm-hmm. owner of a cannabis company is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a really big thing, <laughs> you know, and frankly, like you said, 
we're kind of waiting for a company. Like if, if a company just leads the charge on that, no matter what, what they've done in the past, they'll get a little respect from me for if they actually well, push I, for it. I know? just think it's funny because like, I love weed. I really have very little interest in growing my own weed. <laughs> like yeah. I got a bunch of home grow for my mother-in-law one time. And I remember just trimming it for like half an afternoon and being <laughs> like, this is not, this is not for me. <laughs> right. But you realize, and maybe this is where they oppose us and you, uh, you realize the value and allowing ever. I mean, not only the fact that you just believe, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you believe that people just shouldn't be in jail for something as silly as that. Not only that, but like, yeah, I'm high and I, I forgot where I was going. It's just a double yeah. standard that's crazy, you know? Oh, oh, what you, I guess I'm trying to say getting is- getting in jail so, for weed. The flip side, right? I was going to talk about the flip side. So you see the value in decommodifying cannabis. They <laughs> see the absence of value in decommodifying. I wouldn't cannabis. even call it. I wouldn't even call it decommodifying. Like, sorry, I I stole that from David Beanstalk just because I really liked how he how he explained that what it would do if you know even if you don't grow, he kind of was explaining your position. Like, even if you don't grow, push for this because it'll cause cannabis to just be, you know, the, the accepted value to naturally fall, you know? Oh, right. And that's like, even if in Illinois, like if they hadn't increased the, like if the number of shops was the same, if home grow for all was legal, they, yes. you know, people would be doing more home growing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there'd be a little trading going on, even though there might be a rule that says you can't, it's funny that the, the We've pulled this up in the past, uh, but if you look on Illinois' FAQ right now, you can gift cannabis in the state of Illinois, but it can't be cultivated at home. <laughs> so they're basically telling you you can only gift state-ordained cannabis with oh, a few conditions. That homegrown might not be remediated, God forbid. Right, <laughs> right. Um, the few conditions, if people are wondering, just, you know, I don't mean to loosely reference something. It'll be really quick and we can um, either continue on this story or hop to the next. Uh, the, the conditions are that whoever you're gifting them the cannabis to, it cannot exceed their possession limit. And the giftee, the person you're gifting cannabis, must be 21 years of age or older. So those are the conditions. It can't be cultivated at home by law. So can you get, can you gift can you gift to a med patient if they're a minor? I don't believe so. I, and in fact, it, I'm glad you brought that up. I don't actually know the answer to that, but what I can tell you, the question that people there's confusion about this all the time. Like whenever we post, like fun fact, you can gift, and we did it a lot during this holiday season because it's like, oh, you know, give the gift of giving, and we're trying to really push people to like. Not necessarily gift dispensary weed, but let's get in the spirit of giving weed to each other so that it's like more of a thing, right? And one of the the number one sources of confusion is among medical patients who have been told, I cannot give away my cannabis. No, you can't. Uh, medical cannabis right. that has been yeah. allotted to you. That's the difference. Like you're it's not even a... supposed to like pass the joint, right? Correct. Technically speaking, yeah. you, you can't even do that. So that that's so the difference, folks, is that... it. Th 
when you're a medical cannabis patient, that cannabis is allotted to you and you don't have to pay a tax on it. And that's really, I think that second part is really why they don't want you gifting it. In like, in like the, in like the consumption lounge in like Mundelein, uh, do they have a med and rec menu and are (laughs) they watching you? I don't know. I, <laughs> here's my question about that. Do, so they sell, I bet you here's what the answer. Um, I'm, not, I'm not confident, but I'm just putting two and two together. I don't know. Is that a medical location? I think it is. Yeah. I think it's one okay. of the like busy. I think it's the reason I remember you know what? that. You're right. I think when of... I've looked, it's like the busiest one. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely like It right. had like the most registered patients at it. I remember seeing that. Yeah. So never mind. I, I was going to say that maybe the consumption lounge was adult use only. I don't know, though. I, I don't know how they would do that. I, I'm willing to bet you that they just kind of overlook it, but I don't know. Well, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, what do you get? I mean, the it's a silly rule. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is silly. It is silly. But um, you would just think at how much these shops are like want to be on the regulations because they're scared of getting in trouble or whatever, or people that work there, maybe. Um, I would just wonder, like, are they watching the med patients to make sure they don't share their medicine? <laughs> right, right. Um, just a funny thing you made me think of. I don't know how you made me think of this, but dur- during my research into home grow, I found some statements uh, from senators that uh, opposed home grow. And I, I should get this. Uh, I don't know if he was a senator. I think I just said senator. I think he was in the House of Representatives. Uh, I need to get his name, but folks, you can look it up and probably find this. It's an interaction between a a man, some dude from Southern Illinois and um, Representative Cassidy. And he asks her about home grow. And he's like, well, so the thing about cannabis that's in stores is that we are testing it for potency and we're making sure that it, you know, stays within thresholds and everything else. He's like, how are we going to control that when it's grown at home? Aren't they going to be able to grow as potent weed as they want? And it's like <laughs> her response is actually perfect. She said like, there's a limit to what you can do horticulturally. <laughs> like I love how she just like, like that. That's like Illinois cannabis, Illinois cannabis companies would never know that <laughs> right. they're getting that. Like haven't there, hasn't there been like 40% on the shelves? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was Brownie Scout by GTI. If folks want to Google it, um, test it out at like 39%. We Justine actually got a sample of that batch that tested at that high and it was just okay. Yeah. I, I think over a certain number, it just doesn't make that much of a difference unless you're like getting into concentrates. Yeah. I also truly believe that cannabis testing is just, I don't want to say that it's like completely flawed, but it's like kind of flawed. Well, there aren't the standards aren't there. Yeah. There aren't like real universal standards. Like I know with this like testing stuff over in Michigan that they've been going through, there's like all this talk of like, you know, cause it depends on when you have a sample and you're testing it, it depends how moist it is, how dry it is. Uh, there's like so many factors that go into what that final number you get out is. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, like when you grind it, are you adding the keef back in or not adding it back in? Right. Like there's like, yeah, I just, I just think it's, we haven't quite figured that all out yet. 
but remind me when we get off air, I'll tell you about the lab that I was telling you about. We can't talk about it on air yet, but I'll reference it. Real teaser. Yeah. Um, so, so I think think you just did a story, right? Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Um, this is one that we referenced, uh, last time. And, you know, I just kind of grabbed this story cause, uh, just there's just parts of it that are really funny to me. Um, and I don't mean to be brash. I think that's the word I was looking for last time. I don't mean to like, um, you know, approach this like, but it just is really funny. So Cresco labs apparently <laughs> launched a cannabis, an Illinois cannabis education center. And so to their credit, before I get into the things that I thought was so funny, I have read in other articles that they have plans to help like, and then they've done, they've actually financed some of the licensees so far. So that's them putting their, you know, actions behind their words. Um, but they, but they do plan to help, I guess, with like compliance on some of these licensees and, uh, you know, through the regulatory process and whatever they kind of, So I wanted to put that out there before I was brash. They do seem to actually be doing good things. But just at first glance, this fucking idea is so hilarious to me. So the idea unveiled on on a December morning was to open the Illinois Cannabis Education Center to use the brick and mortar dispensary bones as a way of reeling in and training people who are interested in contributing to the industry. So I, I this quote is funny. When we talk about it, the Cannabis Education Center, we're not the first or the last to dive into social equity work. There are plenty of community organizations who have been doing this work, who have been doing a phenomenal job at fighting this fight. And we really just wanted to lend our support in the effort in the ways that we can. Um, So essentially what they did was they built a dispensary. So they had a dispensary built. They moved, as they're saying, they moved from one location to another. And instead of getting rid of that facility, they decided to transition it into a full-scale cannabis education center. And so you can, you know, you can get behind the counter, work out your training and technique, everything from cons- customer engagement to inventory tracking. They even have uh, mock, like, regulatory checkups, you know, like, oh, hey, there's an, ex- an inspector here. What do you got to do? Um, I'm sorry. That just, like, everything else that they're doing sounds great. And that's why I wanted to lead with it. But that sounds ridiculous. That sounds like McDonald's University. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, sell that shop. I mean, maybe they were just renting. Maybe they didn't own the building. I was like, sell that shop and just give that money to social equity. (laughs) Right. Give it to a person. Let them open up doors there. If it's fucking built out, like. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't I don't think the problem with social equity is knowing how to ring people up. (laughs) Right. Thank you for seeing my point. I wasn't trying to be an asshole, but like, come on, you just like. I don't know. Well, so much of it is performative, though, right? I mean, I know that they do good things, too, like. uh over in Michigan, this guy, Michael Thompson, who was like their yep. longest serving nonviolent cannabis prisoner. Um, he's like work. He's had like a documentary funded about him, kind of funded by them. And, you know, he'll swear by them. And I would never tell that guy to anything that he says is wrong. So, <laughs> but like, do I like them? No. <laughs> sure. Sure. But like, you know, a broken clock can be right twice a day. Right. 
exactly. So they're bound they're bound to do some good if they have their foot in that pond, I guess. So good on them for at least doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thanks for appreciating why I picked that story. I was hoping you would. Oh yeah. Just the idea of it, you know, and maybe there was very practical stuff going on there that was very helpful, but the idea sure. of it is funny. It's like the it's like the children's museum with the fake grocery store. We like grab all the fake plastic items and then you bring it up to the front fake register and yeah and like you say i want to reiterate it because you said it well i'm sure there was more going on there but just the way that the article is <laughs> written and every time i've seen it pitched that's what it sounds like the children's grocery store or whatever <laughs> yeah someone's gonna get in touch with you and be like no there wasn't they had us put on aprons yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, I said I would plug the the hotline here before you segue to your next story. I need to plug it at the beginning of the show and more often, but we'll we'll work it out. Three one two seven seven two six eight four four. You can give me a call. You can send me a text. I'm gonna send you to voicemail. You can leave a voicemail, and we can play it on the show if you'd like. Um, if you'd like to be anonymous, we can we can do that. Um, you know, there's definitely, I, I understand it, you know, some certain circumstances require you to be anonymous, de- anonymous, definitely expect me to vet you. I'm not just going to throw out anonymous conjecture. Um, but I'll, you know, I can honor your anonymity and I can even connect you with, you know, if you don't feel totally comfortable with me, I can connect you with more professional reporters, uh, that have a reputable history. Um, so there are options there. Once again, that's 312-772-6844. Um, what's your next story, Mr. Phil? I will go with CPD cracks down on underground pot parties. Hundreds Ooh. of grams. Oh, what was it? Seizing a kilo of weed and hundreds of grams of magic mushrooms. Five people were hit with felony charges when city officials raided two pot-centric pop-up parties last week by Tom Shuba in June of the summer. Yeah, so I just picked that because, I mean, I just think it's important to keep talking about that. Yeah. People still getting charged with and potentially sent to prison for weed. Yeah. Um, In fact, uh, I'm going to keep plugging it just, you know, unashamedly. We've done episode 232, part one of Illinois cannabis history. There's more to come. And the reason I'm bringing that back up is not just to shove it down your throats, but to reinforce your point, Phil, that, I mean, I fucking added some arrests, I believe, from this month. Uh, you know, they continue. Yeah, well, it was interesting, too, because I sent you those, like, uh, forums that... I think it was Ohio State did on like cannabis licensing. And there was one on like interstate commerce. Yeah. And I think Shailene title on the episode brought up the idea just of like, do people like, what do people think about the idea of like prohibition 2.0 and the fact that if you're trying to crack down on unregulated sales, like you're just going to be caught doing the same thing you were doing during prohibition. Like you're never like, you can't stop it. Like that's what they learned the first time that we tried to prohibit weed. Like you lost prohibition. So even though now you have an avenue for people to do it legally, especially if you have high barriers to entry, like people are still going to do it illegally, but we need to like not fight that 
drug war on weed again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> got to end that. I mean, I just sent to you earlier this week. But I just, just, I just like that that was part of that like discourse, you know, and people like pretty much everyone that was in those panels was saying like, yeah, like we shouldn't be doing that. You know, yeah. you need to make it like easy enough and appealing enough to be legal. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I sent you earlier this week that New York added a hotline where op not, I mean, where you report, you know, illicit cannabis activity. It's just like, come on. Right. Well, and really the problem is you need to make the demand for it go away. You need to make people want legal weed. Like everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Whether that's homegrown or not, like most people will want something from a store. That's just it, right. how like society functions. Well, and like the tomatoes idea, you know? Mm-hmm. I get, so I asked this question the other day and like, I get so frustrated because I'll tell you what people usually answer. And it's like, damn it. I know you're going to say that, but please give me a different answer. Um, <laughs> uh, I will ask, why doesn't this cat and mouse game exist with alcohol? And they'll be like, well, it did, but it's been a long time since prohibition and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, okay, okay, fair enough. But like, how do we speed that up? <laughs> right. Well, it does exist with alcohol in certain parts of the country. Like, oh, yeah? I know I've seen, uh, I don't know if it was like an Anthony Bourdain thing or some kind of National Geographic, but I know I've seen in like Appalachia, there's like unregulated huh. bars that sell their like home stilled liquor, you know, like there's just a culture of it in a certain area of the country. And I wouldn't even doubt like, you know, there are un like I don't doubt that there are people that have like bars in their house somewhere, you know, like there are there have to be like unregulated, like people doing business as some kind of unregulated club or unregulated bar. Right. So that would be kind of what I would say is the equivalent. Yeah. It's just not in like it's not a popular thing, you know. You got to probably be like a very specific subculture or population to find that appealing. <laughs> yeah. And I don't mean to spend it, spin it in a different direction at all, but I hope you get where I'm going with this. Like that population you just talked about that, that does exist. I'm sure there, like you say, I'm sure there are bars like that. I'm sure there are underground scenes like that. And I'm willing to bet you that some of them are doing it purposefully, right? To save money on licensing and everything else. Cause you know, maybe the township they live in or whatever is just a bitch to get a license or something. Mm -hmm. I'm sure some people are doing it because they're like, you know, fuck the law. I'm opening up my club. I'll just have everybody keep it down yeah. low. I'm sure that some people are doing it because they don't even really realize like, like they're just like, yeah, I thought you could just do this, <laughs> you know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like buying a keg and charging people five or 10 bucks for a cup, you know, like, is right. that running? And, you know, if you're making money on that, I guess that would be like a unlicensed. And thank you for you bringing know, this up because sales situation almost. <laughs> I had this epiphany the other day. I went to a tailgate uh, for an Illini football game in Champaign, Illinois, and there's just alcohol on tables. Like I literally could have, I didn't even know these people. And I, you just, you just go over and fill up your cup. Like, excessive amounts of alcohol 
excessive like and it's yeah, yeah i mean enough that's, that's america <laughs> yeah and i mean look i'm not i have no problem with it like i i like that's kind of why i am so anti possession limit i'm like look yeah maybe i am buying more than i can humanly consume but isn't that the point like <laughs> i bring it to so that everybody can have some well that you know? that's one of the things that's so wild like even when people talk about something like mushrooms it's like you know like being like insanely drunk and tripping on shrooms are like similar kinds of wildly out of control you know like when you're crazy drunk that you know like i don't know that you can overdose on mushrooms right you know but you can definitely kill yourself getting too drunk but just being like immobilized like alcohol is kind of a crazy drug we're just so used to it as a society you know absolutely dude yeah, alcohol is super crazy how normalized it is. Coffee too. I mean, I really I know we've said this in the past and we can get on to our next story, but I really think the best analogy for cannabis is coffee. I can drink too oh, much coffee yeah. in the morning. I can smoke too much weed in the morning. Like it it it's, happens. It's know? funny too, because I, I love weed, I smoke a lot of weed, but I could not like coffee is my number one drug. <laughs> like I could live without weed. I could not live without coffee. Yeah. I mean, it's addictive too. You get oh, withdrawals yeah. from it. You literally have withdrawals from it. <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah. And I mean, it's totally normalized, like it, it, in work culture, like don't talk to me unless I've had my coffee. Every work, I've made this point on the podcast in the past, and it's actually a point I think that Michael Pollan made uh, either in his book or on some show I've seen. If you've not heard of him, by the way, check out his his books and stuff. Michael Pollan, uh, but he's, you know, talking about how coffee became super normalized in, in the, in our work culture and how this first company pioneered the coffee break. They found that if you gave people time and the, the space to drink some coffee, that they would work longer, you know, put in more time and everything well, else. I, re I remember hearing something too. It was like coffee, like coffee, like springboarded our like evolution as a society like well, just like civilizations because... that like started drinking coffee like way back in the day like advanced quicker than people that didn't drink coffee <laughs> and I, to your point i think what i heard i don't remember where is, i heard that but i think uh michael pollins talked about it but but maybe you know i'm sure others have too but he was talking about back you know in the past the only source where you could get you know, something clean to drink if it is, if it was distilled an alcoholic beverage. So a lot mm. of people were fucked up all the time or finally coffee came around and you could, you could drink mm. something. And because coffee needed so much heat that it would not, you'd not get sick from drinking it. And so, yeah, I mean, I, maybe we're talking about two different things, but I feel like that really backs up your point. So mm -hmm. we're high, we're high, we're having fun. <laughs> well so, it is uh, just interesting too because you think about like not that weed wasn't very prevalently used but you would think it'll be a little more commonplace and more prevalently used and you think like oh just how coffee can affect a society like you just wonder how maybe society might be a little different once weed is just so commonplace <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely man absolutely well, um, let's see. Um, 
I think for our next story, I'm going to pick this one, which was shared by you, but it was uh, posted by somebody else. And I won't get into where it was, you know, posted and such, but I will just say that I I can share the stories that they're referencing. So an industry, this is their commentary, the persons that posted this, this industrious businessman quote, found with $820,000 worth of cannabis, end quote, gets six years in prison for providing a valuable service to our community. This sex predator who, quote, committed at least four separate acts of sexual conduct with a juvenile, end quote, gets 90 days in jail. Um, yeah, who the question they asked is, who would you rather oh. have living in your neighborhood? <laughs> I think it was the distinction was it was about because this is out in like McHenry County. Yeah. Which seems to be kind of like a cannabis conservative area. I see a lot of like people charged out there with larger Mm -hmm. amounts of weed. Um, Yeah. McHenry. The idea that it was like, I think the same district attorney was like prosecuting these or handling these. So -hmm. just the idea that around the same time for these two charges, these were the punishments that these two guys wound up with. You know, yeah. and I think I'm not sure. I think isn't six years? Isn't that like a mandatory minimum technically for like his would have been like a class X felony for so much weed? It might be. So I, I don't think... know. I don't know. Like if they have that much discretion. Oh, it just said I'm it actually. Sure. Hold on a second. It just said it. Uh, Lucas was charged with one count of manufacturing or delivering cannabis over 5000 grams, a class X felony. And one count of possession over 5,000 grams, a class one felony. What? Oh, oh, it's possession and. But that class X felony charge, like, I don't know if that's like, if there's like a minimum sentence they give you for that was what I was saying. Cause that's like the highest. Understood. Yeah. I don't know. Cause I think like per count, it's like a certain number of years. I remember seeing like six to 12 years. So you would think it can't be less than six years then. Right. Right. Which is yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, like they really at least, I mean, if they weren't going to make larger amounts legal, I mean, at least make those larger amounts like a class one felony or a class two felony, you know, like people, if you're going to put them in jail, don't put them in jail for over six years. Yeah. looks like, yeah, the offense has a mandatory minimum sentence of six to 30 years. So. That's a class X felony. And yeah, I mean, you know, I was just kind of a, I guess it's related. I was watching this show about jail the other day. I enjoy watching cops and I enjoy watching like shows about that because not only do the cops make fundamental mistakes that if shown in court would be like the whole thing would be thrown out. And I'm not even an attorney. And I feel I can say that. I can feel I can say that confidently, but also on the other end of the spectrum, you have people that just give up their fucking rights. Just let the cops do whatever they want and flap their fucking mouth. You you read about that all the time too. Yeah. People consent to searches and stuff like that. And I get it. I mean, these, these cops are good at making it seem like either they're your friend or that, that you can't say no, but you really should just, I mean, I feel like the pop brothers at law have very good advice, you know? Yeah. But a lot of people get very flustered with when police pull them over, you know? So you just kind of like, like deer in headlights. 
Yeah, no, I, it's... Like I, I get pulled over literally all the time <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> I rarely ever get a ticket. I, I feel like I'm good at talking my way out of it. Yeah, you're probably so used to it now. Yeah, I got pulled over like three times this year. Really? That's a, that seems like a lot, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. I do live in a very like police heavy part of the city, but they live over here. So they're like coming to and from their house. They're not like working. I just feel like I have bad luck. <laughs> yeah, you're just in their way on the way home. Like, this well, there was one the the last one. It's actually a funny story. I was like driving down the street, it was night, and I saw this guy speeding up really fast behind me. So I just kind of jerked to the right and stopped suddenly and like where the parking was. And I thought he was going to blow past me. I was like, I'll just let this dick go past me. But no, they slow down and turn on their lights and pull me over and get behind me. And then he's like having me roll down my windows. And he's like asking me if I have anything in the car, which of course I do. Uh, but I was like, no, no, no. And he's like, why'd you pull over like that? And I was like, oh, well, I just, you know, sometimes like people drive like dicks around here. So I was just pulling over to let them drive by not realizing I was like calling him a dick, <laughs> but he was like, Oh, okay. Okay. You know, and I was just like, I'm just going to the store. Like I'm not doing anything, you know, and they let me go. But after I left, I was like, Oh, I totally just called him a dick. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Yeah. And then I saw him blow a stop sign like two seconds later and then like get behind someone really aggressively. And I was like, I feel like he's just like driving around provoking people, like pulling them over. Yeah, I fucking hate it when they do that. That's the worst when they just like get right up behind you. Um, well, I mean, you know, that's just why, like, you know, if you have weed in the car, just have it in the right way or be discreet about it. You know, don't be mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I see people like just smoking giant joints driving down. Like you can smell it. You can see them. I always just think like, Ugh. yeah, that is a. That's a that's like you know DUIs cost thousands of dollars to deal with. That's like an expense that no one really wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's super important point you bring up. I always I know this sounds crazy, and I hate to feed into the frenzy. You know, like you you said earlier, it's like Illinois cannabis and the way we legalized it. We're like, yeah, this is a good thing. We're sorry for all the times we fucked up, but this is a bad thing. So only a few people can grow it and you can't grow it yourself and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, damn. There was lost, that, there was, was that bill though. Uh, there was that bill recently to remove all kinds of like probable cause. Yeah. Like all kinds of things where if they saw weed in your car, it wouldn't be probable cause to search you. Yeah, that was uh, kind of cool. I would like that, to see something like that passed. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll cover both of those stories. Uh, there's not only the the smell of raw cannabis is no longer apparently it was ruled in a in a you know a local ruling or a kind of the first level of court. And look, people that know more than me are like laughing right now because. But the point is, the reason I say that is because this could be challenged. Don't take this as gospel, folks. But raw right. cannabis and smokable cannabis have in court cases in Illinois been proven to not be reason for search. Now, whether or not the cop that's going to pull you over hypothetically in the future, hopefully this doesn't happen to you. If you're listening, it may happen to Phil. It sounds like often, um, hopefully <laughs> the cop that you get pulled over for is aware of this, but I'll tell you right now that doesn't seem like a lot of them are. 
Um, in fact, they used to have an attitude that they could run their dog around your car. And if the dog signaled, then that meant you weren't transporting cannabis correctly, which is just fucking insane. Um, and, and all I'm saying is that could still happen today, folks. So just be careful. Like Phil said, do it responsibly. And to finally get to my point that I was, you know, being so long winded about treat it like a gun, treat it like a firearm, put it out of arm's reach and in the trunk of your car in a case make sure that it so here's an a, here's actually some solid advice that a that a law enforcement officer gave me if you're done drinking wine at a restaurant you can ask for the bottle of wine to go at some restaurants but at least according to some local regulations what the restaurant is required to do is cork it plastic wrap it do a bunch of different things to make it known that this motherfucker's closed, right? I guess what I'm saying is do something like that. Just make it to where it's not even a question. I'm just trying to give people advice. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, be careful, folks. Don't just think just that it's legal. It's legal. I can fucking uh, put it in my ear while I drive. No, like I'm not saying that well, that's just necessarily wrong. We're talking about, be careful. We were talking about those class X class x felony you know like that's equivalent to like a rape charge having you know like selling a ton of weed is they see that as an equivalent like in the law so it's just like that improper transport like i think evan bruno is who i heard talk about this it's like it is the same because it's a class a misdemeanor it's like the same class of offense as a dui so it doesn't matter if you're it like it doesn't even matter if you're smoking or if you're under the influence of weed just having it is equivalent to being drunk and driving yeah and like another it's gonna example, cause you it's going to cause you the same amount of shit <laughs> right another specific example i know he used since you said but you just reminded me it was a class a misdemeanor he said domestic domestic violence is a class a oh misdemeanor. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so like assault or battery yeah it's funny that that's equivalent somehow <laughs> having cannabis in a baggie versus a, a jar, right? All of a sudden you're equivalent to beating your wife. <laughs> like, well, also like, not to like ex- keep talking about this forever, but just that that wasn't a charge before. Correct. That, like that you is... could get, you could get charged for being under the influence of, for being stoned and driving. Like I was in a car one time, of course, and got pulled over while we were smoking. <laughs> but my friend who wasn't smoking was driving and they gave her a field sobriety test. So it's like, you know, they were do they would do that anyway before legalization. But it's just funny that like now we would have all been charged with improper transport. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. That's a perfect way to close this particular conversation. Like on this topic, it's like that before 2020, before the CRTA, which legalized cannabis in air quotes in Illinois. Um, yeah. You could just have like a baggie in your pocket because it was decriminalized. Any amount less than 10 grams. I believe it was 10 grams. Um, it's in our report in 232. If you want to check it out, we've got a citation for that. Um, it was just a, a citation. That's a $250 citation. Now, like you say, it's a class A misdemeanor. That's after we legalized it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a funny. I, it's a funny thing, a funny detail people don't think about. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
so that was my that was the state's attorney uh, post. Thank you, by the way, also for putting in context that they were seemingly charged. That's really the the point of me bringing up that story that I found is like this state's attorney, you know, in you know pretty quick succession acted on these two cases, and it's hilarious the disparity in sentencing when you consider what actually happened. I think is my story next. Yes. My last one is Missouri voters legalizing cannabis or legalizing adult use. They became the 21st state beginning in November. And I think their sales start like next month or February, something like that. I heard. Yeah. We'll have to look out and see if any businesses that we can sleep, you know, like if, if you buy their product, you can sleep at night, <laughs> open up, you know what I'm saying? Like a small business. Well, I think there's more operators over there. I don't know exactly like the specifics. I think, are the licenses capped or is it limited at all? Shoot, I don't know much of anything. I just know the like amendment thing. It's kind of like Michigan where it's like, since it's enacted by the voters, you need like a super majority in the legislature to undo any of it or change like a lot of things about it. Right. Right. But the measure allows adults to possess up to three ounces and to home cultivate up to six flowering plants, six immature plants and six plants under 14 inches. So that's how they do it. Nice. But yeah. So they're, they're allowed to carry three ounces. We only have 30 grams. So it's interesting. I wonder what their uh, penalties are for like over that. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, nor- I'm sure normal has like. A, I was about to say. I wonder if they've updated their. Yeah, I don't know if they've updated it yet because I don't know if it's like effective yet. Sure. sure. But this, I put this as like a big story in Illinois cannabis because I do think that this is like neighboring states and competition is going to be one of the biggest things to help change the dynamics in the market here. I think, I think they updated it, dude. And this looks pretty stellar. Um, Cause I, you know, I'm looking at this and they've got their three ounces, no penalty. Oh, wait a minute. What the fuck is this up to 10 G's? Yeah. I don't know. I think this is from the existing policy. Maybe not. Beginning Wait, no. 12 8 22. Is that for maybe underage? I don't know. Because yeah. it says the up to three ounce thing. And it would have begun this month. I wonder, and it's got two stars next to it. What are the. Well, it's up there. It said starts December 8th. Uh, Yeah, there was. Oh, okay. Beginning on 12-8-2022. Gotcha. Yeah, I saw this one down here, though, too. Missouri favor legalization. Interesting. I don't know. Wait, go up back to the penalty thing. All the way to the top? Mm-hmm. This? Yeah, I wonder what that is. Yeah. If folks are uh, watching right now, or um, you know, understand what this is, definitely <clears throat> maybe maybe in. these are what the penalties were before, and they just haven't gotten rid of them yet. Yeah, must must be. So, like be this has been the this has been the interim update. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah, because they don't have, it looks like they don't have cultivation yet, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe that's not home cultivation. Maybe that's Because that just doesn't make sense. It seems like it has like two realities there. Yeah. Yeah, I got to imagine that this will be more updated uh, here soon. Yeah, because it's like they've got this stuff here, right? This is the new stuff in bold. But then they've got a lot of the old stuff about cultivation yeah. here. So I think they're, like you say, it's kind of this transition. They want to, I don't know. But yeah. Interesting, dude. Anything else? Yeah, it'll be interesting. Just that Kansas City is a fun city. So hopefully uh, (laughs) next time I'm there, I can check out some of the shops. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, hey, I think I'm, uh, I have to agree with you. I'm very excited for what Missouri has in store. I really hope that they... Let's let's see it. Let's see them try to compete with Michigan because that would be awesome to have a state that's right next door. You know, you don't even have to go through the horrible hellscape of Indiana. Um, well, it'd be an option for people, you know, like how far is St. Louis from you? Like three hours? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's about the distance to like a Battle Creek from chicago you know so that's the distance a lot of people are willing to drive to stock up on stuff so i think certainly if the market over there is providing more options and cheaper options in particular like a lot of people are going to be going over there to get stuff yeah i don't know how much that would really affect sales though you know because you'd think enough there's going to be newer shops opening prices will like you know, if, if it's only five or 10%, they'll come down here a little bit. Yeah. Here's my thing, dude. You just look at the border of Missouri and Illinois and think about here. I'll, for visual purposes, I'll show a map. Think about down here in Illinois, this area of Illinois. I'll zoom out a little bit so you can kind of see where we are. So, Missouri, you know, and Illinois, like all of this area right here, very few dispensaries. Oh, yeah, Very yeah, few. true. I mean, you know, what's crazy is that Champagne is one of the only cities, I think, in southern Illinois that has that had two dispensaries. I think at this point, maybe there are some towns that have two dispensaries, but I think it's about to have three or four dispensaries, possibly. So it's weird that, that Champagne... Um, you know, that that's like kind of the biggest concentration you're going to see of dispensaries. There's some here, there's some here. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see here. how it shakes out. I'll definitely want to like, I'll definitely be like keeping an eye on that. Yeah. I really think this is a good option for you Southern Illinoisans. So possibly we'll, well see. And you'd think this little corner down here by like, you know, by the Ozarks kind of right. Kentucky, Tennessee, Oh yeah, I bet you, you know, there. All those jacked. all those people in Kentucky that are now allowed to go over and get their medicine somewhere else like if there's cheaper options in Missouri, they're not going to be going to downstate Illinois. Yeah, I will say if there are any Kentuckians or anybody from those states thinking about that, do be careful. I like you can google it. I just read like the other day and there's a big video on it like this couple driving out of Kentucky and they're on this like are driving out of Illinois into Kentucky and they're on this, you know, 
shortly after they cross the border, they're on this dark street and all of a sudden all these cops lights turn on and they're at this barricade and they're like, what do you, you know, you're coming out of Illinois. Oh, it smells in here. It smells like weed. What's going on in here? You know, all of a sudden it becomes that conversation. So be, be careful. Dude, I, they try, did that I try not, I try not to step foot in non-legal states. <laughs> God, it's the anxiety is unreal when you're like, Oh shit, this is the world we still live in. You know, the one exception I will say is uh, I go up to Milwaukee a lot and Milwaukee's actually decriminalized. Mm. So like I'll walk down the street up there smoking a joint just now. And like, it's actually a similar fine. I think it's like right. 50 bucks or something. If you're caught smoking weed in public and yeah. like up to maybe an ounce or something like that on you. But it's, it's crazy when you step into a state, like I was like, I mean, I was even smoking weed in Florida and like, I mean, they've got medical there, but still like, it's not like you know, mm-hmm. blowing doobies well, in, on the beach, you know, <laughs> like you got to be we go, careful. When we go see family in Michigan, I always insist on just driving right through Indiana. <laughs> yeah. Like there's very, there's just no reason to stop in Indiana. No, no, nope. Absolutely not. Well, hey, uh, we'll start to wrap up. I got my final story here. I love this one. Uh, generally not, you know, nah, I won't say what I was about to say, because uh, it's actually a Chicago Sun-Times story. Um, cannabis amnesty boxes rarely used to ditch weed at Chicago airports, records show. Um, My apologies for not having these numbers ready. It looks like only 34 collections have been made from January 2020 through March, um, March 20th, including 22 at O'Hare and 12 at Midway, according to logs obtained through an open records request. Only half the logs show that either cannabis, suspected cannabis, or my favorite thing the cops say, a green leafy substance, was recovered from the boxes. The others don't explicitly mention weed, with one log showing that only plastic bags were found during a check, indicating the boxes may in some cases double as trash cans. (laughs) In many instances, multiple items, including bags and packages, were pulled from a box at once, the records show. The recovered items were destroyed 14 times, but were marked simply as received in most cases. I like that. I like I like imagining what received means. Um, you, you, this is funny. I, it's funny. I didn't plan to bring this up, but since it's mentioned in this story, the boxes were originally blue. They're green now. The green ones are bolted to the floor. <laughs> the blue ones weren't. You can imagine why the green ones are now bolted to the floor because somebody made off with a cannabis amnesty box in the past. I don't know if they got anything. I, I wonder how it's still, I wonder unsolved. how disappointed. Yeah. How disappointed they were to find out it was actually empty. Cause no one uses it. <laughs> yeah. Because fucking weed is way too expensive to not smoke it all before you leave Illinois. Like well, also <laughs> they were there after security, you right. know? Yeah. Like that's the weird. So yeah. Technically it'd be like, they'd find the weed, give it back to you tell you to throw it in the bin if you want to and send you on your way. Yeah. If that's how it works, I would love to hear from somebody if you could uh, ride in or, you know, I've brought, I've brought edibles and carts through the airport. I, I still don't feel comfortable bringing flour through an airport. <laughs> yeah. 
I've, yeah, I've, uh, I just have like too much, like, uh, I don't travel enough and I have too much PTSD from the before times. <laughs> uh huh. I totally get it. And it just sucks to that you could literally jeopardize your entire vacation, usually, is why you're getting on a plane. Um, if you did something like that, you know, it well, sucks. and I would think if they found it and it was like a reasonable amount, they would just like, I see, I don't even know. Like, you would think they would, like, what? I don't... Well, so TSA's <laughs> release guidance, like, it's, it's, it's weird. Like, basically, if you're, you know, if Chicago, if you get caught in Chicago, they defer you to the local authorities, which are CPD. And it's just like, hey, man, you can't do that. Um, but what I've heard in some cases is that they don't necessarily stop you in Chicago or Colorado, I think is the specific case that I'm thinking of, where somebody flew out of Colorado, they had a layover in Dallas, somebody tipped off the people in Dallas and like this cus this person is coming to Dallas and they've got weed on them. And yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I folks, please Google it. I read this story. Oh well, yeah. Depending where. Yeah. I know that that's vague, but try to find yeah, it. I feel it's like I'm just, I'll, I'll stick to the carts and the edibles. Right. <laughs> I feel like I can get I, away with that. Yeah. I've, I've done some crazy things. We won't talk about it on air. <laughs> Not that I mean, crazy, but I mean, I remember like post nine 11, like early college days flying and like sneaking joints in my luggage in ways I thought were super ingenious. I'm sure I didn't even need to go through all the hassle, but you know, <laughs> right. like just in those times, like probably shouldn't have been doing it, uh -huh. <laughs> especially yeah. flying into an airport like Boston or, you know, where the planes originated from. Right. <laughs> in hindsight, you know, hindsight is 2001 or yeah, sorry. Okay. So, uh, Three that I don't even know. I tried that. Three one two seven seven two six eight four four. If you know anything about, have you have you gotten in trouble at the airport? What how what do they do with that? What do, you know? Give us give us some insight. We want to be able to. Yeah, I would be curious to know someone's experience. Yeah. So hey man, it was funny because one time I I like took a train out to Seattle and then we were going up to Vancouver. So mm -hmm. I brought weed with me to on the train and to Seattle. I brought like some like edible some cookies and I brought some like joints and i remember being like so adamant smoking it all before we went up to vancouver and then we get to vancouver and i was like with my family my parents and my sister they just like waved us straight through like coming off the boat that we got there on <laughs> they just like waved us straight through i was like yeah Could have brought weed <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like such pissed. a waste you're pissed that they didn't That's stop the, you you got to travel with your parents you know that mm -hmm. way it's like the cover yeah, it's like what uh, I don't know if you've seen Narcos and how accurate the show is is also beyond me. But yeah, that's what Pablo Escobar apparently did. He would send like, oh know, really? <laughs> yeah, his family and you know people like that and uh, some really horrific shit too. Like he would like, um, you know, I'm not gonna like uh, whitewash Pablo Escobar. It's not like he was just oh, giving no. families opportunities, but he also like loaded women up with like bags of cocaine and there were cases where the you know bags exploded inside of them and they just died and and it, it would actually generally be pregnant women that he would choose um and so because because if you had all that shit in your yeah, like it was just less likely i guess i don't know again how and accurate on narcos <laughs> on netflix is is uh beyond me on that note um that's our top stories from 2022 um <laughs> I'm going to plug it again. Check out episode number 232, part one 
of the history of cannabis in Illinois. We also have part 1.5 out right now. You can uh, stream that. Um, we, we could consider either. this episode a preview to episode two. Yeah, yeah. Part two. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, part two is going to be from a little bit before adult use sales all the way to modern day, whatever that day ends up being. Um, so folks, we'll see you next time on the Chillinoy podcast. Take care.